I'm Maria Schwartz and welcome to the Windsider show where it's all about the W. August 31st was a big night in the W as each game has so much impact in the playoff positioning. I'm here with Adam Miller, Windsider staff writer who covers the Mercury. And we're about to talk everything about the Chicago Sky Phoenix Mercury game. Please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash windsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content on windsider.com. That's windsider.com. And remember, downloading the episode makes our stats look better, your listening experience better, and allows us to continue doing this important work. And my final plug, you want to sponsor an episode or sponsor something else on the Windsider network, uh, just email us, info at windsider.com. Adam, last night, you know, there was some big, important WNBA games. This is part one of a series where I'm doing, bringing on different staffers uh, from the Windsider staff to just discuss the impact uh, and what happened last night. But just to give people a little bit of background, the Sky and the Mercury, two teams that were red hot, right? The Chicago Sky just came off a couple games where they were winning. They beat the what, you know, many people believe, and this isn't shade to the Connecticut Sun, but there's still more of a hype cloud around the Seattle Storm, even with the recent blunders. Chicago Sky handed them one of those blunders, and they go into Phoenix to take on the Mercury, who are on an eight-game win streak, and not to bury the lead. Well, if you didn't watch the game or you didn't look at the stats, you might already know. But, I mean, a very impactful game just from a playoff standings position. We're talking about Chicago Sky, who's numbered in the sixth seed, Phoenix Mercury in the five seed. Chicago Sky, 14 and 13, Phoenix Mercury, 16 and 10. Um, obviously, those, those numbers are post last night's game. But it's a really interesting aspect because the Phoenix Mercury are just, excuse me, Phoenix Mercury were on a seven-game win streak. I believe now they're on an eight-game win streak. Um, and those... Records were before the game because the league website does not like to update things after a game, I guess. Um, but Adam, just initial thoughts. What was kind of your perception of this game going into it? What the keys were going to be? And, you know, from macro and micro on this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at the sky, they're, they're really, they've really been led by Candace Parker and some of their uh, more recent wins. And so stopping her was going to be key to winning. And, 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 you know, Phoenix did exactly that. She was held the two points on over two shooting in 24 minutes. So she didn't have much of an impact. And Skylar, the other, the other aspect of the game is that Skylar Diggins Smith really did exactly what she's been doing the second half of the season. She's shot eight for 13. She's been, uh, she's been on fire really. Um, she's been shooting over 60% from both the field and from, three-point range since the end of the Olympic break, and it's really good to see. I think she's been a big spark plug for, for their success. I mean, obviously, Brittany Griner also dominated that this game with 18 points, but when you just look at how much Dickens Smith has taken over, you know, it's really an, an impressive feat. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, like, whether or not it's been said enough, she's playing the best. She's the best guard in the league right now, in my opinion, the way she's playing. I mean, she goes up against, right, if we're talking about point guards in this league, if we're talking about 
you know, who is the premier, there's always been kind of knocks against her, right? When she was on Dallas, it was, oh, this team's bad and she's not performing. And when it matters most, she doesn't perform at the highest level. Then, you know, then when they had Liz, they still couldn't get it going. And obviously, you know, their time together was was strifled with uh, mystery and stories. But, I mean, the way she is playing right now, she's not going to, it's a little bit late to enter into the MVP discussion. Uh, Brittany Griner, who definitely also helped this surge, this late surge from the Phoenix Mercury to push up to number five. I mean, I remember just a few weeks ago, we were sitting going, you know, hey, one loss in the Mercury might be out of the playoff race at this point. Um, so if you're a Phoenix Mercury fan, you got to be got to be real hyped. But let's talk about the importance from a larger scale. Getting the win against the team that is right behind you in the standings with, you know, six, five, six games to go before we hit the playoffs. Mentally, if you're in that locker room going into the game, what's your mindset of the importance of that game? Are we like... Do you feel that the Phoenix Mercury are already in a playoff mindset? Because if anybody follows Phoenix Mercury, and I always tweet this out, joke about it, talk about it on the pod, I feel like it's every year. Going into the season, they have the talent where they could run the gambit, they could win the championship, they could win the finals. But every year, you almost get midway into the season, a quarter into the season, you go, oh, they got me again. Like, they're underperforming. Uh, they're not seeing the flow. They're just not the powerhouse that we all think they could be. But then, second half of the season, bada boom, this team just surges, hits the playoffs running. Um, I don't know if that's a strategy, if it's just of that savviness of them. Um, but yeah, it's a long-winded question. But <laughs> mindset-wise, is this already playoffs for the Phoenix Mercury? I think so. I mean, and I, and I think part of it has to do with Tabasi returning. I mean. Um, she's, you can say her shooting has been a little streaky, but regardless of how she does on the floor, she's, she's at worst a, a decoy for the defense. I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's, I think there's a strong correlation between Tarasi coming back and Skylar getting open shots. I mean, she, when earlier in the season, she was having to bring the ball up and then take most of her shots. And then if the ball wasn't forced out of her hand, she was taking these contested shots in double teams. Now she's she's essentially she's essentially getting more open shots because Tarasi's getting attention, Granner's getting attention. In this game, Key and Durst was able to hit open shots. So that just opens up the floor for Dick and Smith. And even if she's, you know, sometimes and also she's not responsible for prime for primary ball handling duties. So she can share that with Tarasi and She's also able to come off the ball a little more. She was. She said in an interview recently that that was actually one of the factors as to why she's able to score so much is because she doesn't have to doesn't have to bring the ball up all the time. Sometimes she can make plays coming off the ball. So I think that's that, that's been a, a big factor to to you know why they're all of a sudden winning. Yeah. No. Definitely. And I think it's an interesting aspect too because the thing that what I I, I don't remember if it was. If it was Sandy brought this up, or if it was one of our debates in the Windsider Slack, um, but we were just talking about you know Tarasi's best seasons, and I want to say I'm blanking if it was what, she was off ball or she was on ball, and we got into this whole debate about it. But yeah, no, you're completely right. Um, having that ability to kind of pick your poison and play to whatever's working that game, right, has just been such an element to this team. But the biggest thing, honestly, has been, in my opinion. This team is no longer looking for Tarasi to be their hero. They're no longer 
you know, if you ever watched, uh, what was it? Achilles, the movie with Brad Pitt, when like the giant, like armies get together and they're like, wait, wait, let's not kill a bunch of people. Let's just have these two people duke it out for a very long time. I feel like the Phoenix Mercury's mindset, and this is a ridiculous comparison was to just call up Achilles and call up Diantarasi and say, Hey, do this for us. As opposed to understanding or really utilizing the skill set that this whole team had. Like, everybody else was the backup singer to Tarasi. And now I almost feel like there's been a shift um, this season at some point. I don't know when it happened. Maybe you have your ear to the ground and you understand that better than me. Maybe you think I'm crazy for saying this. But I feel like there's been a shift where it's no longer, you know, obviously it's Diana Tarasi's team. She's the leader. But there's almost like a passing of the baton going on. And I don't know if that baton's going to Skyler or to, to BG or what, but it, it just seems like less of a burden of reliance is on Diana. Am I crazy? No, I think Tarasi's injury is kind of a blessing in disguise for Skyler. Um, you know, I think she's taking charge a lot. Like if you if you watch some of the games when they were losing, Skyler would get exasperated with her teammates for missing open shots or not making the right play. And, you know, she, she definitely communicated that in interviews, maybe not as exasperated as she was on the bench, but either way, I think that injury allowed, allowed her to, to really take control of the team. And, and eventually the locker room got used to hearing her voice. And now I think that Tarasi's back. I think she understands that this isn't going to be her team for much longer and that it may be best to give other people kind of the, the spotlight. And so, um, between between those those two factors, I think you know Scott uh, Diggins Smith has really taken on a, a, a nice leadership role that will serve the Mercury well in the future. So let's do a little breakdown of this game. Feel free to to chime in at any point if if, if I, you feel like I missed anything. I mean, the Mercury take an early ten point lead, and essentially for the most part of this game, it was right around give or take a few points. So anywhere from like eight points to thirteen point lead, going back and forth, and not by back and forth, I mean between that range. Um, very much so. I mean, the, and I, I'm curious for you about this because I was watching the game and I don't know if it was my TV was messed up or what, but for a long period of time, I couldn't see the score and, or maybe it was just like a classic WNBA blunder on the, yep, I the presentation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game and this, this rarely happens when you watch a game and you're like, wow, this one team is playing so smooth. And then the score comes up, and you're like, ooh, but they're losing by 10 points. Or I think at that time, they were losing by 8 points, 9 points. I, I like Honestly, I was impressed by how the Sky were playing. The shots just weren't dropping, and that was very early on. And it was the exact opposite story for the Mercury, where I wasn't necessarily watching the Mercury and thinking, oh, my God, this is beautiful basketball. But the shots were dropping, and they were taking advantage of their opportunities. Um, and then it just, you know, at a certain point... When you continue that as a storyline, it gets harder and harder for the team, right? If if you're doing good sets, it kind of it starts to eat away at you, and you start to doubt and guess and and make over corrections, under corrections, whatever it is. And we get into the third, and the sky make a comeback and and bring it to a one point lead. And at and at that point, you know, I'm sitting there going, okay, is this a team that has started to figure it out and can make a push. 
obviously, look, you know, Brittany Grinder coming back from that injury is still not 100%. I think that was clear. She looked off on the, like, she was not playing the MVP caliber level Brittany Grinder that we've seen of recent. Um, and normally I would chalk that up to effort, but it didn't seem like it was an effort question. But after that, that game got, you know, to that one point, one point closeness, after that, it just, the game just ballooned out of hand. And, and it was really done for the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury. Um, ran away with it. Kind of talk to me about your analysis of, of what went on there um, and what you saw, why you feel like the Mercury were able to pull away and, and really extend that lead when the game, excuse me, started to look like we might have a ball game. I mean, I'm on East Coast time, so I was sitting there like, I really want this to be a good game, but also like if we can call this early, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it came down to defense and rebounding. I mean, if you look at, so one of the one of the players we have to talk about is Brianna Turner. She hasn't, had a, she hasn't had a huge role in the team, but if you look at her stat line over the last few games, she's consistently up there in rebounds for the Mercury. And, you know, part of that is just that, obviously, she's able to get on the glass and, and she has the size uh, to be able to get to get rebounds. And part of that is that she's also playing good defense. I mean, she's, she's contesting shots. She's getting in uh, – she's getting in players' faces. She's – boxing out. So she does a lot of the little things that I think help. And, and I think having, having somebody like Turner, who's kind of willing to do the, the, the dirty work kind of helps shift, uh, shift the, shift the game when, when things aren't necessarily going your way. And so I think uh, eventually, I, I think defense and rebounding really um, kind of helps set the tone for a better offense. Something I, I want to say about Brianna Turner is she is a championship caliber player. And when I say that, I don't mean it in the sense of like looking at Diana Taurasi, Brittany Grant, like player Maya Moore, like players who, you know, are known for winning championships. When I talk about her, I'm talking about like Rebecca Brunson style player, a player who Rebecca Brunson, as we all know, has five championship rings more than any other player in history of the league. But the, the way she plays, the things she does, she's not going to win finals MVP. She might not even ever win a yearly individual award. Maybe she'll make an all-team. I mean, I think she's already made an all-defensive first or second team last year. But her defense is that good. What she provides to this team is everything they need, right? Like, they don't need high scoring from her position. They need somebody who can help even out the rebound issues, someone who can play tough defense, and somebody who is going to put in the effort and understands that she's not the superstar on the team, especially considering you have three, maybe even, you know, three other superstars and another Canadian star and uh, Kia Nurse. Like, she is just the perfect fit for not only this team, but there are so many teams that would give an arm and a leg to get her. And what she does for this team is, like, literally, like, all the things that for years I've been complaining that Brittany Griner isn't doing – Turner fills those voids in a way that it it's not just, hey, we're giving another one of our five, you know, five players out there, giving another one of our five uh, up to, like, cover this aspect that BG should be covering. Like, she gives it all over. Do you think she gets enough attention? I mean, I know we haven't talked about her enough, but do you think she's getting enough attention for the importance that she's playing um, in this stretch for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think she's definitely been underrated. I mean... Part of that has to do with, with, obviously, she's overshadowed by the other three stars. But, I mean, just looking at these last few wins, 
I mean, Turner just has <clears throat> Turner had just played great defense, and her rebounding's uh, her rebounding's really stepped up. I think part of it is that she's understanding her role. I know that in the first half of the season, Brundeller uh, uh, was kind of harping over the fact that Murphy weren't rebounding. Well, you know, look, look, look who had to step up in order for that to to change. So now that we're seeing Turner get involved with more of the rebounding, you know. I think she's played a major role in, in Phoenix turning their season around. Like, just flat out, I, I completely agree. And she was a player who, you know, last season when they made a, a, a really incredible playoff run, especially considering the fact that we saw Bernie Griner leave the bubble, um, to see Turner grow in Phoenix in that expanded role last year, like, obviously, Kivon was there too. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, lesser that, but just what we've seen in the short growth um, from Turner has been pretty impressive. The other thing that you touched on earlier, you know, if if we are going to talk about the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury playing a game, and I'm going to name two players. One player ends the game with 8 points, 0 for 4 from 3, and the other player ends with 21 points and shoots 4 from 6 from 3. I feel like you know who we're talking about. Kia Nurse, Ali Quigley, just a tale of two difference, right? Like, if, if you're the Phoenix Mercury, obviously you need to slow down Candace Parker. Uh, obviously you need to keep your eye on Courtney Vanderstoot, one of the best guards in the game. But Allie Quigley, one of the best shooters in the game, who has been starting, coming off the bench, leading the second unit, starting again, goes 0 for 4 from 3. And honestly, like, the, yeah, 103-83, fine, whatever. But, like, the defensive effort on... The guard play. We talked about what they did against Candace Parker. I mean, talk to me about why you feel Sloot and Quigley, granted the two players who like scored all the points in the first quarter for Chicago, but um, like Nurse versus the two of them, talk to me kind of about uh, about that matchup. What did you see? Yeah, I mean, Quigley, obviously, you know, Quigley's going to make three point shots, but I think part of what happened was that. When Nur- Nur- I think Nurse applied more pressure, and I and she was also able to get uh, more help, <clears throat> more help from her teammates. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that you know we don't give a lot of credit to Nurse, but Nurse Nurse is a very smart player. I mean, she knows that if she's not shooting well, she can contribute other ways. She can pass. She can defend. You know, that's one of the reasons why the Murphy went out to go get her was because they wanted a reli- another reliable guard slash forward to um to help out in that aspect but yeah i mean she 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 gave quigley an awfully hard time i was surprised i was surprised to see that myself that she went over for because we all know that if there's anyone who who's gonna have who's who you can rely on to have a good night it's uh ally quigley well yeah not just over four from three four from 13 right overall i mean that that was just Shocking to see, honestly. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously Candace Parker not hitting a field goal for, I believe, I think I saw, shout out to across the timeline, um, I believe I saw that was her first game ever in her career without a field goal, which is just mind-blowing. Diamond Shields, you know, uh, up and down game. At Excuse me, at times she goes four for ten. Uh, Kalia Copper goes eight for 14. Excuse me, I got a little, a little case of the hiccups right there with 18 points to lead all scorers for the Chicago Sky. But when you're facing off against a starting five that has Brittany Griner, 
not 100%, dropping 18 and 28. Diana Taurasi dropping 17 and 25. Skyler 20 and 31. And Kia Nurse 21 in 28 minutes. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster for any team they're playing. You got to, like, here's my thing. When you're playing the Mercury, you're I'm fine letting Kia Nurse beat you, right? Like, that's something that you almost need to say, okay, if, if we're going to lose, it's going to be because Kia Nurse goes off. And that's totally fine, right? You're going to... Limit, but you if, if you're gonna do that, you can't let Skyler, Tarasi, and Griner all like have good nights also in that sense. Um so real quickly, this team, I know we've talked about it in the Slack, but th- this Phoenix Mercury team, before I, I, I flip it to that, like looking forward to the rest of the schedule for the Chicago Sky, the reason that I'm concerned is because when you look at the Chicago Sky's schedule, and I know there's been a lot of talk about this in social media and all the talking heads, you look at the rest of their schedule. They have just a few games left, right? They're playing the Aces, the Aces, the Mystics, the Aces, and the Fever. That That is just a tough schedule, right? So they're going to have to play the Aces two more times. Or sorry, three more times. They still play the Aces three times. And so for me, looking at that, looking at these final games, I go, okay, they should have tried to get that. I mean, obviously they tried, but... They wanted that victory against the Mercury, right? You can't expect to win all three against the the Aces, right? Yeah, okay, we'll give them the Fever. The Mystics, who knows what we're going to see there. Is Deldon going to be back? Is Tina going to be back? Are they going to be still fighting for a playoff spot? Are they going to need this one? Like, for me, it was just, this is one of those games that, like, if you're going to make a run to the, the finals, like we were expecting over the past two games, where they were able to beat the Storm two games in a row, they're on a little three game win streak of their own. But if, if you're going to do that, you kind of expect that was one of the games they were going to win. Looking at the Mercury's uh, remaining schedule, what concerns you? What excites you? Where's your mind at? Because I know you you spoke to their last three games are pretty tough, but their next three aren't that tough. Yeah, I mean, they're playing the Fever. They have the Fever twice, and then they have the Dream. So to me, they have the perfect opportunity to move up. I mean, you know, obviously they're going to have a tough schedule at the end of the season, but it's it's not completely inconceivable that they have, that they we get the third seed, certainly not the fourth seed. And to me, I think a veteran team like this definitely wants to wants to try to get that buy if at all possible. And it would, it would give them a huge advantage. Um, and I, and of, of the teams that are in the three, four, five spot, the storm, the Lynx, and the mercury, you know, I think the mercury and the Lynx have the best chance of, of, get, of locking up that buy. So, I, if you were asking me earlier in the season or even before the season, how I thought the Mercury would do, you know, I didn't think they were going to do this well, but certainly they've surpassed my expectations in the second half of the season. And there's no reason to, there's no reason to believe why they can't finish the the rest of the season strong. Yeah. And, and on the flip side, I mean, the, the really the one team that we're looking at, right. Cause in WNA standings right now, it's Connecticut sun, Las Vegas aces, Seattle storm, Links and then Mercury. Looking at that, obviously, I think it's three through five that have the most availability to kind of wiggle around. But knowing that there is an impact, right? If the Phoenix Mercury's final games, they have to play the Aces and the Sun, right? And the Storm. So let's say they win a couple of those, that's going to affect the people above them. And, and it's a whole, you know, weird Jenga game. But the, the interesting aspect, kind of looking at the Storm, because they're that bottom three of the top five, 
right, with, with the Mercury and with the Lynx. The Storm played the Liberty, the Mystics, then they played the Sparks and the Mercury. So not a very rough ending to the season for the Seattle Storm. I think you can expect them to go 3-1 and one, uh, or at worst 2-2. Two and two. I'd be shocked to see anything worse than 2-2 two and two from this team going into that. But that said, Phoenix Mercury might be looking at a last game of the season on September 17th uh, and, you know, making a push against the Storm. That, that last game might have a lot of impact on the seeding of this playoffs. Right now, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. I want you today, September 1st, Give me a prediction. What seed are we going to see the Phoenix Mercury when playoffs come? I'm going to put the Mercury in the fourth seed. Um, I don't. I think third seed would be the best case scenario, but I don't think it's realistic. And I don't. You know, I, I've I've had I've shared my feelings about the the storm in our Slack channel, obviously, but um, I just don't see the storm living up to their championship pedigree this the rest of the season, even with an easier schedule. You know, I think I think the links and the, I think the the links and the Mercury finish out uh, the top four, and the Mercury end up in the fourth seed. Ooh, that's good. that is an interesting hot take. I like it. While we got you, give me a prediction. Will the Mercury sweep the Fever in the next two games? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's a trap game. All right, sometimes it's a trap game. Well, you heard it here first. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. And let me remind all of our listeners, Windsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation. We can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Windsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game.